Hi, this is Eli Nelson, and this is the My City Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. It is our prayer that this message will awaken you to come alive in the things of Christ. Enjoy the message. Amen. How many of you guys are ready for the Word of God this morning? Huh? We're not as much as shifting gears as we are given a different form of delivery. Everything that we just sang was biblically sound and true, and now we're going to be reaching out for the preaching of the word of the Lord today, because some of y'all need some strength this week. Some of y'all need some strength today, and you can get that in worship. You can get that through the preaching of the word. So I want to encourage you today to lead in to what the Spirit is saying, not to sit idly by it, let's see if God can tickle my ear. No, if you're hungry, you know how to eat. So be a person that's hungry for the word of God. I'm hungry for a word from God. You're able to find food if you want it. And I believe that God has a word for you today. The Holy Spirit is speaking. It's a question of if we're listening. And we're going to continue in our series, Christ, Our Example. And uh, we're going to be staying out of the book of Ephesians. If you didn't get a a journal, we're going to be going through a journal for the next four weeks for the book of Ephesians. And we gave them out last week. If you need one, stop by the Connect Corner right after service. We'll be able to place one in your hand. We're not just doing this because we, we want to preach a sermon series. We want to get people in the Word of God. And so it's important to read the Bible. If you want to read the book of Ephesians, you can read it in about 20 minutes. Maybe 10 minutes. It's 20 minutes for me because I feel like I'm a slow reader. But uh, so uh, as a church, we're going to be diving into this over the next three weeks. And, and we actually have a treat for you today. And uh, we have four amazing leaders that are going to be preaching the word of God to you today within our church. Four great directors in the house of God. And we're going to have two this, this service and two amazing next service. And, and I want to encourage you as a church... As people, some of them have communicated multiple times. Some of them have communicated a few times. However it is delivered today, I'm believing and I'm expecting for the Holy Spirit to speak to his house today. And you should be as well. I'm believing that God is going to speak through the people of God. And so let's not be those that are just sitting idly by. That just listen, but let's participate in the word and the preaching of the word today. Amen? How many all ready for the word of God today? Amen. Oh, let's try that again. That was about 50%. How many all ready for the word of God today? Amen. 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 So I'm going to get us ready. Uh, I want to help introduce and welcome up to the stage our amazing worship director, Allie Swanson. Allie, Allie Mancuso. Allie Mancuso. She's married now. <laughs> I've been married for three years. That's okay. <laughs> hey, I forgot to get the worship team off the stage for you. So. Oh, it's all right. So Fun it, fact, Kelly did that, or Pastor Kelly did that when she married Joe and I. She said, Joe and Allie Swanson, or like, Mancuso, yes. Hey. <laughs> you remember that? She's like, I did. We're That's so pumped right. for you today. Preach the house down. We're ready. Let's go. Come on, put your hands together. All right, everybody. What a good day it is to be in church where our Bible is at. Lift your Bible up nice and high if you have your Bible. I'm going to give you lots of scripture today. If you have a notepad, notebook, I encourage you to get it out here. We're going to be talking in the book of Ephesians. Everybody say Ephesians. All right. And I'm going to be speaking out of Ephesians 2. You can go ahead and throw that scripture up behind me. Now, the book of Ephesians was written by Apostle Paul, and he actually wrote this from a prison cell. So the first thing, whenever I'm reading Ephesians, I have a little self-check of, wow, what is my excuse? 
literally, for not edifying the body. If Paul can do this from a prison cell, and we live in modern-day America with food, shelter, literally probably not a care in the world or limited cares compared to everybody else, right? We can do it is the first takeaway. The purpose of the book of Ephesians was Paul was praying about the church, and God gave him revelation about the church. So he wrote to the church in Ephesus in a series of letters. That's what the word epistle means, fun fact. But Paul revealed God's plan, the mystery for his church. It is that believers be united in purpose to form a body that demonstrates the truth of the gospel to the world and is equipped and empowered to do spiritual warfare to confound and overthrow evil. But before waging war, you must know how to walk, and that requires knowing where you stand. Ephesians revealed we stand strong in Christ. We are chosen, blameless, adopted, accepted, forgiven, and sealed. On that foundation, you then work or uh, walk worthy of the calling by maturing your faith. How many know we cannot stay baby Christians? We cannot stay baby Christians. That comes through accepting the disciplines of unity, purity, forgiveness, fullness of the spirit, and proper relationships. That's Ephesians in a nutshell. So we're going to pick up in Ephesians 2. If we can, we can throw it behind me. Otherwise, I'm prepared. I'll read it to you. All right, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, how are we made alive in Christ? That's my topic for today. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Sounds a lot like today, right? Today's day and age. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and has seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show his incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and it is not from yourselves it is a gift of God not by works so that no one can boast for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do so I know that that was a lot of scripture right but my first point here is making sure that we understand the gift of salvation so important Before we talk about being alive in Christ and taking a step after, we have to actually understand what salvation is, okay? And I was laughing because the Lord gave me this picture of Satan being this little Pied Piper. It was probably because Callie and Austin were over at her house and we were playing Shrek 2, like the PS2 game, like old school. And so I was envisioning like, you know, this Pied Piper or like a puppeteer, again, probably because I was playing the video game, but he's seducing the world to dance and obey to the tune of his lewd and manipulative music and adhering the world to his twisted thoughts. But when you get saved, you come out from under that control and you can see things with spiritual eyes. You were meant to see through all of that and not be deceived by the lies and the manipulation of the enemy, amen? Because you are free in Jesus Christ. Romans 12, two says, do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's an active word, renewing, right? It's not one time, okay, I'm renewed. It's renewing. Then you will be able to test 
and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Matthew 3, 2, I love the Amplified. Repent, change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret past sins, live your life in a way that proves repentance, seek God's purpose for your life, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. See, when you accept Jesus, you are raised up spiritually to sit with Christ on the throne in the heavenly realm. You can look at Revelations 5 and Revelations 20 if you don't believe me. But it tells us that we are going to rule and reign with Jesus Christ as priest kings forever. As you submit to the will of Jesus Christ in your life, you discover that you've been resurrected with Jesus to reign forever. And if we are going to rule and reign with Christ, there's a sanctification that needs to happen after salvation in us. We cannot stay the same sinners we've always been. Sin cannot dwell where God is. That is why we need to put down our flesh, our old way of thinking, and choose to seek God. Are you with me today, church? Come on, we're a little quiet, right? So when I was reading this, if you, as you go on in Ephesians, I don't have time to go into it today. In verse 14 and 16, this word comes up, enmity. Okay, if you've ever heard that word, your Bible might say hostility for you. NIVers or some of the other translations. I grew up on King James, so my Bible says enmity, okay? So, <laughs> and this is talking about this in the context of Jews and Gentiles. But the definition of enmity is deep-rooted hatred, the state or feeling of being actively opposed or hostile to someone or something. The Bible talks a lot about this. James 4, 4 states, friendship with the world means enmity against God. James 1, 2, 15, and 16 Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Romans 8, 7, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. Luke 23, 12, the mind of the flesh is enmity against God, okay? So there's this thing of biblical enmity, though. It's the mutual hostility between persecutor and persecuted, for which the Christian, followed Christ's new morality, must substitute a new attitude by which he loves and prays for his enemy. How many know we're supposed to do that, even though it's tough? It is tough. Let me tell you, I've been there. I'm like, Lord, you're telling me I got to pray for this person right now. Do you know what they did to me? Do you know the pain that they caused me? Right? I got to pray for them. He's not just telling you to do that because it's like, oh, some advice. No. He's telling you to do that for a reason, right? And there's a significance behind that. The unfortunate state of humanity is that we live in a situation of enmity against God. As man adheres to sin, he goes against his own benefit, defying himself and protesting against the Almighty One, attempting to save him. But by recognizing the natural aversion between the flesh and righteousness of God, we can better avoid the self-deception of the mind of rationalizing earthly desires and impulses. Though we may fall into the enmity between sin and God, we are always given a chance of reconciliation through the sacrifice and salvation of his son, Jesus Christ. Okay? Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation. That's Colossians 1, 21 through 22. So today I have two takeaways for you, because I got to speak quickly, which is why I'm a little like, ooh, right now. But two, I mean, let's be honest, I'm that way all the time, because I'm just like, information, right? Two realizations come from this. Number one, the realization that you need spiritual wisdom so you can walk in the fullness of God. Everybody say spiritual wisdom. Say fullness of God, Okay? Because God does not want you to stay where you are at, okay? He wants you to keep taking steps and taking steps in faith with him. This comes from Ephesians 3.19. And guess what? If there's fullness of God, that means there's a lack of God or a deficit of God, too. Just singing that comparison. 
The word fullness means pleroma, and it means full number, full completement, full measure, copiousness, plentitude. One of the purposes of the Holy Spirit is to completely fill us with the fullness of God. Christ Church says Holy Spirit today, on brand. And the overflowing presence of Jesus Christ. Men and women were not designed to run on empty. If that's your state right now, that's not God's design. Let me just tell you that, okay? Your spiritual gas tanks were designed for the fullness of God's spirit in our lives. When believers receive a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, we are receiving the fullness of God, okay? How do we do this? By asking and waiting on the Lord in prayer, worship, and reading his word, okay? The second realization that you have when you understand this is that you need to be in a church and other, around other believers, around other mature believers, because why? You are a member of God's household. Where does that verbiage come in? Chapter 2, 19 through 20, okay? A member of God's household, think of that. There's, there's divine ramifications there. You're a child of God, okay? And how do we do that? How do we foster the household of God? It's in the church, okay? You're not called to just be isolated by yourself. It is in the church, okay? Every believer in Jesus Christ is a citizen of heaven and a member of the household of God. With Jesus Christ as the cornerstone, amen, you are being made part of a holy temple for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. When you begin to understand who you are in Christ and this incredible thing God is doing in your life, you will never again be confused about your identity, okay? You are an actual member of the household of Almighty God, King of the universe, okay? This starts, and this is my final point, this starts with your obedience, walking worthy of the calling by maturing your faith. And again, what I said at the beginning, it comes from accepting the disciplines of unity, purity, forgiveness, fullness of the spirit, and proper relationships. If you have not read the book of Ephesians, I highly encourage you to. There's so many practical takeaways. It's a really easy read, to be honest. And as a church, we are supposed to walk in the fullness. We're supposed to grow in our faith, to mature in our faith. It's not necessarily just for you, but it's for the whole body. Because you have a gift for the church. You have a gift for the kingdom that nobody else does. Amen? Let me pray for you. God, thank you for this word. Thank you that this is a now word for our church. I pray that you soften our hearts and give us ears to hear. And that we practically do and take a next step to achieve fullness in our life. Whether that's having a prayer life. Whether that's worshiping. Whether that is just trying to hear your voice. Reading our word, God. I ask that we take these takeaways and actually implement them in our life so we can hear your purpose in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, church. I have the pleasure of welcoming up our youth director, Matt Reed. Let's give him a big round of applause. Thank you, Allie. Great word, honestly. Um, church, it's such an honor to be able to share uh, with you this morning. And uh, I want to start by saying real quick that uh, our lead pastor is the real deal. Uh, pastor Kelly and Pastor Eli, they, they're the same that you see up here. They're the same everywhere else. And legitimately, the flow that God has put you guys in is incredible. They preached a, a message earlier this year called Into the Current. And they have dived completely into the current. Wherever God's asking them to go, they are going, and it is an amazing honor um, to be able to be a part of it, to witness it, but then also to be able to contribute as well. So, I'm going to jump into scripture now. Uh, I don't know if we have it on the screens or not, but um, Ephesians chapter 4, 
starting in verse 17 and going through 24 already. Um, With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they live hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness, and they wander far from the life that God uh, gives because he, they have closed their uh, minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure, eagerly practice every kind of impurity. And since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Our pastor talked about uh, recently the jacket, and he put it on. You can put on and take off the the new self from time to time. And the verse I really want to live in for the next couple of minutes is uh, starting in 21. It says, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thought and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. See, when we read the whole passage of scripture, it it sounds like this is talking about sin pretty directly. And so I'm going to say this, I'm going to get away from it afterwards, but I feel that it does need to be said, is that if you are a believer and if you are a Christian, accepted Christ, and you are choosing to live in sin, why are you choosing to do something that's going to break God's heart and think that it's going to satisfy your own? Now, I don't want to live there. Because I think that there's a deeper level that we can go. And I don't think that sin is the only way that this verse and this passage of scripture applies. I think it also very much applies to the level that we experience God at. See, I think it can become very, very easy in this day and age because of social media, because of the fast food industry that we so much love and so do I. uh, And the microwave culture where we can get little bits of information quick, quick, quick. We can get a quick meal. We can get a quick snack. But how many people know that we love a Thanksgiving feast? See, we oftentimes do this in the spiritual as well. We show up and we go Sunday to Sunday. We go message to message. And we're hoping that it's going to be a Thanksgiving feast every time we step foot in the house. We go from Instagram to Instagram hoping that There's some pastor that'll make you fulfill and live a better life. But the reality is, is that if that's the way we live, we're leaving so much on the table. That doesn't lead to a transformed life. It's going to help you in the temporary, and I've been there, and I've done that. But it's not something that will last. See, Paul talks earlier in Ephesians, he talks about, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro, by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, uh, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes. I'm not saying that every Instagram pastor is trying to deceive you. But the key to a transformed life is being rooted in the word of God. It starts there. 
if it doesn't start being rooted in the word of God, we are leaving so much on the table, so much of what God has for you. I, I don't really have a bunch of points for you today, but I do have one, and it's get fed, but then you need to live led. See, you can get fed by an Instagram pastor. You can get fed by going Sunday to Sunday hoping for a meal. But what if you started eating every single week, every single day, multiple times a day? We listen to our stomachs all the time, and we decide, okay, I'm going to go get McDonald's now. But yet our spirit is crying out saying, I need something. I need some food. Would you give me a word? Would you give me something to empower my life with? But see, when we're doing that, what we're not doing is actually transforming our hearts. Because what the word of God will do is it will transform your thoughts, the way you live. It will transform the way you see the world. It will transform everything. And that transformation of how you see the world will transform the way you interact with the world. As you get transformed by the renewing of our minds, as we have our hearts opened up to what God is wanting to do, we then have that relationship with God where we can have the trust to step out in obedience, to continue to walk close with him, to continue to live in that way that he has asked us to live. God, you want me to pay for that person's food behind me? I don't know them. I don't have money in my account, but I'm asking you to be a generous person. Okay, God, I'm gonna listen to you because you've proven to me through my relationship with you that I can trust you. I don't know about you, but I can't trust somebody who I've talked to once or twice or somebody who's just told me what I should do in my life but never gotten to know me. But we do this and we give permission to people that were never meant to have permission in our life and we supplement what our word of God and our relationship with God should be for what can entertain and what can fill us up in the moment. We chase the feeling, not necessarily chase the relationship. So if I have anything to empower you with as you go into your week this week, don't wait for next Sunday to get another message. Don't wait for next Sunday to get fed again. Take the Bible home with you. If you don't have one, we have some out at the Connect Corner. Pick one up, take it home, and dive into it. If you can't read because you read at a third grade level like myself, um, that's okay. There's a version Bible app, and they will read it to you. Find a way. Pastor Eli says all the time, hungry people will find a way to get fed. They will find a meal. Get hungry this week and go find a meal. And then let God transform you and walk in what he wants you to live in. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you so much for who you are, God that you are good and that your word is truth and that it has the power to transform all of who we are. Lord, would you help us to not just be people who are living for a meal, living from Sunday to Sunday, but help us to be people who 100% trust you, want to be obedient to you, and Lord, that would be hungry enough to seek you. Lord, help us to listen to our spirit this week like we listen to our stomachs. Help us to listen to what our spirits are crying out for, whether that be prayer, whether that be uh, the word, whether that be a worship set in our car, Lord, would we listen and be obedient to you in it and help us to live a life that's fully led by your spirit 
and by what your word says. We praise you, Jesus, and we give it all to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Good morning. Okay, we're going to jump right in to turn your Bibles to Ephesians 4, starting in verse 11. Um, it says, so Christ gave, himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, that we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow and become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Um, so my first point today is we need the church. We are the church as a collective, as individuals all together. We are the church. Say, I am the church. We are the church. Uh, <laughs> the church is how we are equipped for um, good works. So we live out our calling through, uh, first and foremost, being part of the body of Christ. So God, he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to build up the body of Christ to become mature and live in the fullness of Christ. So each part of the church plays a vital role. You are a vital part of our church. Um, one part does not work in fullness without the others. And so we say this all the time here at my city. It's not about equal or it's not about equal giving. It's about equal sacrifice. All of us have a part to play. Um, so earlier in chapter four, starting in verse two, Paul writes, "With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, make every effort to keep the unity of the Holy Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit." There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. So how, how useful would your finger be if it were cut off from your hand? It wouldn't be useful at all. It would start to decay and die. There wouldn't be any blood flow to that finger bringing life and oxygen it'd be completely useless. You should just throw it in the trash, right? Um, so we have been created for good works, not for ourselves, but our lives are to be a holy sacrifice unto the Lord. So without the body of Christ, we actually forfeit our call to these good works. So we as individuals, we play a part in the body of Christ. We need the church. So my second point today is as we build the church, the church builds us. So I really love this picture that Paul helps us understand and wrap our head around as infants in the faith. Um, this is all a growth process that we've all been through and are still growing through as we grow and as we mature as people. Um, and so we all know that infants need every single one of their needs met by somebody else. I currently have a three-year-old and a nine-month-old. And let me tell you, they are needy. They're very needy. 
but rightfully so because that's the phase of life that they are in. So um, they are dependent on us to console them, to change him. He, my nine-month-old is dependent on me to feed him, to take him from A to B, to put him to bed. Um, he's a baby. And so infants and toddlers, they are very susceptible and adaptable to anything that we teach them. Um, so they don't have uh, the maturity to decipher from right and wrong. The way that they see the world is actually the way that I see the world because I'm teaching them how to see it, right? Um, so they don't have the knowledge to make um, right and wrong choices and mature sound choices. So just like parents, it's their responsibility to build their children up into productive, participating members of society. It is the church's job to build up believers and help them grow from infants in the faith to the mature body of him um, that is the head, that is Christ. So we all know that if my nine-month-old, if I just explained to him how to walk, I just showed him, told him how to do it, but he never put into practice what I was teaching him, he wouldn't actually develop and build the skills and the muscles that required that are required for him to walk on his own. So we would have a 40-year-old man who would still need somebody to carry him from point A to B because he never put into practice what I was teaching him on how to walk. And you're like, okay, that sounds ridiculous. That would never happen. But if we're honest with ourselves, some of us in the church, um, we're no different. So we listen to sermons. We get godly counsel. We, um, uh, we ingest these things, but we're missing the part of where we take what we're learning and we put it into practice. Um, so is the church here to help us mature in Christ? Absolutely, but you also have a part to play. Um, so James, he says it like this in James 2.17. He says, in the same way, faith by itself, is not if it's not accompanied by action, it's dead. So as we put our hands to work, our faith will be strengthened. Our minds will continue to be renewed. Our hearts will continue to be healed. Um, we'll keep, when we keep walking further, um, we'll keep walking in freedom and continue to break down the chains that we were once bound by. Um, we'll grow in humility and meekness. We'll grow in the fear of the Lord. Um, we'll continue to grow in self-control and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Our lives will produce good fruit. How do I know this? Because I'm a testament of that. I've seen it happen in my own life and produced in my own life. So as we give our lives to Christ and we build his house, we'll begin to live in the fullness that he's promised us. I'm not seeing this happen any other way. So while this is take and give, it's because I know that as we build the church, the church builds us. So if we understand that we need the church and that as we build the church, the church builds us, just like Paul says, will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind and teaching, but we will continue to grow and become more like Christ, our example. And so this morning, I am grateful to be part of the body of Christ. There is no other place that I would rather be, nothing else I would rather want to give my life to. A body that speaks the truth in love, that is joined together by every supporting ligament. A church that is growing and building itself up in love We all, as we all play our part. So who is thankful to be part of a church 
that protects and guards its unity. A church that edifies and lifts one another up. A church who operates in the power of the Holy Spirit and in grace and in truth. So my city church will continue to stand firm and build this house on our cornerstone, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I have the honor to welcome up our next speaker, the incredible MCU director, Kelsey Lee. Can we give it up for Pastor Hannah one more time? That was amazing. Good morning. My name is Kelsey Lee, my city director. And I, I have to just preface this right now because I know, I know who, how you guys think. Uh, I am six months pregnant. I did not just swallow a watermelon this morning. Because uh, I know some of y'all would be distracted the whole time. Like, is she bloated, pregnant? I don't know. I am pregnant with our first baby girl. So, so excited. And my husband, Dylan, it's his birthday today, guys. <laughs> he's such a birthday Grinch, so he's going to be so mad that I do this. But if you see him, say happy birthday because he's the best, then we're just so pumped. <laughs> <He's backstage. laughs> I, I'm so pumped we're in this Ephesians series. This is truly one of the best books of the Bible. And when I had the opportunity to share, I, I knew I wanted to talk about a book that I constantly, almost more than any other book in the Bible, I go back and reread it constantly. And it is, sorry, this chapter, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. So that's what I'm going to share today because this chapter is so encouraging and edifying to me. My prayer is that it will be encouraging and edifying to you. I have found that in human nature, we have this tendency to forget who we are to forget who we are, and to forget what we have, especially as Christians. Ephesians chapter 1 addresses this so beautifully, and it's really just a reminder of who we are and what we have. It's our identity in Christ. So as I share, well, first of all, with identity, why, why is identity so attacked? Why do we forget it? Why do we struggle with it, even though we are Christians for how many years? It's because we are made in the image of God. The devil knows that if he can distort the image of God on your life, he's cut you off at the, at the knee. You're done. You don't know who you are, then how are you going to act, right? The image is also tainted just by our sinful nature and the things we choose to do every day that don't honor God. But Jesus restores that image in fullness. It's already restored. So honestly, church, I'm just here to remind you, if you are a believer in this room, your identity is already intact. It's already accessible. So I'm going to help you remember who you are and what you have today, okay? All right, number one, we are adopted. Did you guys know that's an insult now? <laughs> like in middle school, <laughs> they like go around and tell you, you're adopted, you're adopted. That's like... So it breaks my heart because actually, let me tell you what adopted means, okay? It's Ephesians 1, verses 4 through 5. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. 
We are adopted sons and daughters. We weren't a mistake. He wanted us. We weren't a surprise. I don't know how you were conceived. Uh, he knew. He knew how you were going to be created. Flaws and all. He knew what you were going to look like, what you were going to do. And he chose you. He chose you because he loved you so much. That word adoption is the biggest compliment I think I could ever receive. Like, I was wanted and chosen. I wasn't just birthed into a family that I don't know, you know what that upbringing might be like for you, but I was. we are chosen by God and loved by God. He wants relationship with you. He wants to protect you, provide for you. That's what it looks like to be adopted. Amen? We are also free and forgiven. Amen. We are free and forgiven. We are free from sin. Okay, well, why do I still sin? Uh, Because we're on a journey, okay? But we are free from what is called a sinful nature inside of us. So when you become a Christian, that sin nature that you are born into literally is cut off. It's gone. So you now don't have to choose sin. You're not in a tendency of sin. You're not in bondage to sin. You are free from sin. And you are forgiven of the sins that you're, you're going to probably make in the past, in the present, and in the future. Forgiven as if it never even happened. Not like, oh, I saw you do that. I, I forgive you. We're good. No, you didn't even do it. That's how God sees your sin. You didn't even do it. You're forgiven, church. So what do we have? Number three, we have an inheritance and a trustworthy advisor. We inherit the Holy Spirit, the best advocate partner we could ever have. It is God's trinity, the third part of the trinity, living inside of us. We inherit that as Christians. We have that. And a trustworthy advisor who will take you from step one to step two Step three, whatever, you might get off track. It's okay, he's right there. He's gonna be a trustworthy advisor in your life. And the last thing that you have, you have power. Ephesians 1, 19 through 20. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms power power to crush the enemy the enemy has no authority over you there's nothing to fear you have all power the same power that literally raised a human from the dead is inside of you those are the things that Ephesians 1 promises us I didn't have a lot of time to read it all but you'll see it just all over. Ephesians 1, 7, he's so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom, forgave our sins. Ephesians 1, 11, furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. That's the promises that you find in Ephesians 1. That's who you are and what you have. So as I kind of close today, I want you to just close your eyes and put out your hand. Because like I said, this might, not, this might not be new stuff for you, but it's things that we forget. 
And when we forget it, we struggle. So I want you to declare this over yourself. So you can repeat after me. Say, I am adopted. I am chosen and loved. I am free. I am forgiven. I have an eternal inheritance. I have a trustworthy advisor. And I have the power of the Holy Spirit. That is who you are. And that's what you have, church. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If this message encouraged you, help us get the word out. Consider sharing it with a friend, rating, or subscribing. If you want to know more about our church, check out our website at mycitychurch.cc or our Instagram at mycitycentral. We look forward to sharing another encouraging word with you next week. God bless.